Welcome to the Christy Taylor Show. I'm your host, Christy Taylor. Super excited to have you here inside the Taylor Tilton Hour. And one thing I really love about entertainment is storytelling. And we're going to have a special guest all the way from Carolina that's going to be talking about her artistic journey and how she is definitely going to the next level here in 2022. And my special guest is Yolanda Powell. She's a mom of two daughters and resides in Charlotte, North Carolina. Miss Powell is a writer, producer, director, teacher, coach, actor, and CEO of Jasanda Productions, a faith-based and inspirational theater and film company. She teaches her craft of playwriting and acting to others and is known to be a coach to the talent that she casts in her productions. Not only does Miss Powell hold many hats in the theater arts world, but she's a mime, dancer, radio announcer, and graphic designer. Now check out her hobbies. She is into game night with family and friends. She loves eating out, shopping, and recreational activities. I want you to help me welcome to the Christy Taylor Show, Yolanda Powell. Hey, lady. Hey. <laughs> You know, first of all, I love the fact that you are a diehard creative um, myself as well. Most people don't know I actually have an undergraduate degree in theater and I am a produced screenwriter as well. So, uh, but media is where is basically home for me. This is almost like the, you know, the ground zero of my life. But it's yeah. so wonderful to talk to you today. Uh, first of all, how Charlotte? Charlotte has been raining. The weather has been bipolar. It's been cold for five days and hot for two. So, but it's all good. It's all good. It the rain looks like it's clearing up. So, it's a good you know day. Something still. you are having what we call that Memphis weather. Oh my God! Yes, yeah, schizophrenic all yes. day long. Yes, I'm like wow. Come on now. Yeah, it's like, what's really going on? Well, you know, yes. one of the things that um, I love about North Carolina and Charlotte particularly is that it does have a very strong arts community. Were you born and raised in Charlotte? And what is that what fostered your creative journey? Actually, I was born and raised in New Haven, Connecticut. And um, I moved to Charlotte in 2015, so about seven years ago. And in about 2000. I'm sorry, I moved here 2015. And in 2017, that's when I began to get my feet wet in Charlotte, started doing live productions and all of that good stuff. And I've had a good run here so far. You know, that's really good. So you were further up the East Coast. So tell me about what fostered your, your creative journey. Wow. Um, you know, when I was eight years old, this is the first memory that I have of wanting to be an actress. I remember my mom bringing me to see the movie Annie at the time, back in the 80s. And I remember sitting in the movie theater and I was just mesmerized by that movie. And I remember looking at my mom and saying, mom, I could do that. I could do what she's doing. And so my mom just took heed of that. And she put me in performing arts schools all the way up to high school. Mm -hmm. And from there, um, I think I had my first professional play with Samuel L. Jackson at 11 years old. So, yeah, I've been want, I've been pursuing acting since I was a young kid. You know, so of course I know it because I did peruse your website and I see that, you know, of course, in your bio as well, you're a teacher and a coach. Uh -huh. um, so is that one of the main things that you do in addition to putting on performances is fostering new talent? Absolutely. I love working with raw talent. I, I do. Mm -hmm. If I can see a hunger and I can see that you're trying, 
I don't mind coaching you. And that's one thing that I'm kind of known for. Even in my productions, I may cast you and I can groom you into the character that I, that I need you to be. And so a lot of times I get talent that comes in and they that's their first time acting. It's their first time. And I just love it. It's like, wow, okay, I'm ready for you. So <laughs> I love working with new talent, uh, but they have to be driven, coachable, um, and want to learn and be prepared and be professional. And I will work with you. Now, playwriting is something that, of course, is the mainstay when you're doing theater. When did you start notice beyond the acting that you did something from a little girl that you could also write? Oh, wow. That's a wonderful question. I went to church, um, formerly known as Prayer Tabernacle in Bridgeport, Connecticut, and both my bishop and his wife have passed on since then. But I remember going there at 18 years old and telling my bishop, you know, that I wanted to get into acting. And I remember his wife asking me one time to write a skit for one of her events. And I was like, I don't write. <laughs> you know, I'm just an actress. So not wanting to say no to my first lady at the time, I went ahead and I wrote like a five page skit. Wow. The audience loved it. Um, and I thought I was done with that. I said, OK, I did that. OK, good. They liked it. Moving on. And then a few months later, my bishop, Bishop Kenneth H. Moles, came to me and said, uh, daughter, I need you to write a play. I have an idea for a Christmas play. I need you to write it. And I'm sitting here like, I don't write. <laughs> I'm an actress, y'all. I want to be in front of the camera on the stage. And so not want to say no again. I did it. And that, and that one was 20 pages long. And I added dancing and I added some music and the audience absolutely loved it so from there i kind of was like okay maybe i do have something um that i can go by with this so that's when i kind of realized that i had a gift not only for writing but also producing pulling the things together and directing so that's what that's where i noticed that i had a gift in those three areas Wow, you just said a mouthful, writing, directing, producing. And for those who don't understand that, particularly in the area of theater, can you give them a breakdown of, <laughs> whoo, that's a, that's, a, that's a lot of hats. It's a lot of hats. I it's did. a lot of work. And you have to be really called to do that. Yeah. Um, because when I did my playwriting workshop a few months ago, I did playwriting and I also um, had talked about, did a workshop on, production management when you only have a shoestring budget and when i started to everybody loved the playwriting process but when i got to that production part and i got mm -hmm. like maybe not even halfway into my workshop they were like oh no i can't do that i don't understand that's just too much work and i said i said is it and they were like i can't see how you do that it's just too much work and so in the past people had always asked me does this stress you out how do you do this i don't know if i could do all this it's a calling. It's, it, it truly is a calling. That is just like teaching. It's just like being a nurse. You have to want to do that and have it in you already because those professions are are very challenging by itself. Extremely, yeah. So, yeah. So, production, I mean, some things I ran into was, you know, cast and maybe financial and, you know, just pulling everything together can be stressful. But to me, it's a good stress. I, I love the journey. So you like that adrenaline rush of all those pieces coming together. Oh, of, yeah. Of course, you know, when it comes to producing, there's also, as you say, the element of working with cast. Mm -hmm. And I know casting directors and all of that, you know, comes into play both in theater, TV and film. But when it comes to stage, what are some of the things you really look for when you are selecting your actors? 
first of all, I look that you're on time for your audition mm. because that tells me a lot. If you're missing it, if you can't come late, I mean, if you can't come on time or if you come late and never even said anything, then that kind of is like, okay, a little bit of red flag. Um, but what I do look for, like I said, if they're on time, they come in and they're prepared and I see that they have a drive for what they're doing. You can always kind of tell when you, when an actor or an actress has a drive. Um, and they may, they may not always do it 100%, but, it, but what I do in auditions is I always have you do it at least two or three times to see how well you take direction. Yes. And if you can take direction very well after two or three times, then most likely, okay, you in. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, I, I do that um, just to see how well an actor can listen to direction and follow directions. I like the fact that you give them that multiple times because some people come in and particularly if they're new to acting, mm -hmm. the butterflies, you know, the yeah. stage fright, the fact that, you know, it's a new environment. They've never auditioned before. And as you say, taking great direction is also a cue. Even if you got a diva who's done it a thousand times, it's like, yes, <laughs> it's like, I can do this. I can take direction. Um, now production, we know you write, produce, direct, act, um, but everybody can do that, but they don't necessarily create a production company. Yolanda, when did you decide that that was important to your creative journey? It was important because when I was in my late teens, early 20s, mm -hmm. um, I started doing more auditioning in New York City. Okay. And I did a lot of, before I became like 18, 19, I did a lot of stuff throughout New Haven, Connecticut, um, you know, a lot of community plays, church plays. So when I ventured off into New York City, that's a whole nother ball game. Yeah. And so um, I, I began to see that a lot of auditions that I was getting called in for, it was a lot of profanity most times, or they wanted you to halfway dress. I just didn't like the, the roles that they wanted me to portray. And so I remember a couple people in the industry and I would get, I mean, I'm some people, they would offer me the role and I'm like, do you have anything else? You know, I just didn't feel comfortable. And mm -hmm. I remember one person saying to me, you got to put all that Christianity stuff to the side. You know, you mm -hmm. got to, you know, you got to put that stuff on, the, you know, you, you got, you an actress, put, put that last. And I'm like, nah, I ain't feeling that, you know, <laughs> I said, no. So from that point, knowing that I could write, produce, and direct myself at that point, because I had already done it, that's mm -hmm. when I started my own production company, um, just so I can produce the type of work and write the type of work that I wanted to put out there. You know, that's a very um, beautiful thing when you can have a conviction and the skill set, you know, yeah. to follow through. Um, oftentimes people talk about, you know, some of the um, black playwrights who had to break away from mainstream theater to get those messages out there, to make sure our stories and narratives are told, mm -hmm. even when it comes to being faith-based and inspirational. Yes. And we know that that's extremely important to you. And so how, so how long have you been having your own production company and the number of productions you've done? Wow. I've been in, uh, my company has been in existence for close to 20 years. Wow. Um, yeah, and I did all types of stuff. I've done local um, talent showcases back in New Haven, where I invited local. I, I put my my goal for that was to br be the bridge between local talent and industry professionals. So okay. at the talent showcases, I would put an ad out or a casting call looking for talent, and then what I would do is 
um, contact industry professionals. I've had people from Puff Daddy's um, record company come, one of the biggest gospel record labels come out, um, some of the regional theater uh, professional uh, people come out. And so what I loved about it was that to this day, some of the artists that met at that showcase still work together and they met at that showcase. And some of them still have a great working relationship. And that was almost 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, and so I've done, um, I also had a performing arts school, two locations, mm -hmm. and I taught um, children and teenagers. And so we put on per uh, performances for them as well. Um, and we did stuck a number, number of times in Connecticut and now we're in Charlotte. So what made you move from Connecticut? Because you had such a strong base and, and particularly since you had such a strong relationship with the New York, which of course is strong, very strong with theater and television. Um, what made you decide to move further south? Well, I first of all, I want to say that I never wanted to move. To, I never saw myself in the south. But at the time I was married and my mm -hmm. husband at the time, he wanted to move. He's from North Carolina. So okay. he wanted to move down here. And for two years, I was like, look, bro, look. I ain't moving to North Carolina. I, you know, I'm close to New York. And, you know, so for two years we started, um, you know, we went back and forth about it. But this is how good God is. Um, in January of 2015, I hadn't been in Charlotte in over 20 years. I think one time I came here for like two days and that was it. And I remember January of 2015, almost every day in January, I was seeing myself in Charlotte. Wow. I was vision. I was uh, having visions of me riding down the street, being here, living here. And I was like, why am I thinking about Charlotte? But you know what? I wasn't going to say nothing to my husband because I was like, I ain't moving to Charlotte. But then, <laughs> you know, that was the Holy Ghost prompting me right, that right. it was time to leave. And things were like kind of like shutting down a little bit in Connecticut. Mm -hmm. And then in February, my husband came to me. He said they have a job opening for his job because he was able to transfer anywhere in the country if he needed to. Oh, they have an opening in Charlotte and I know you don't want to go. And I was like, hold on, wait a minute. You know, and that's when I told him. Right. And so we we prepared to move and we uh, moved down there. That was February. We moved in May. So that's how I got here. <laughs> wow. And since that time, you've been able to foster a very strong relationship with the theater community there. But I see that you also have moved into television and film. Let's talk about the step away from the stage yes. to the screen. You know what? That is a whole testimony in itself because I've met people in the industry, especially some people I met, they were film and television mm -hmm. and they had seen my work and all I did was theater. That was all I was comfortable doing. Yeah. And I remember two of them for the last two years have been saying, Yolanda, you really need to move into film. You need to move into TV. And I was like, mm -mm, no, that's too, I don't know about that, you know. <laughs> I was thinking of the bigger picture. I was intimidated because I'm a perfectionist. And I was like, I couldn't see, I couldn't see how to put it all together. But let me tell you how good God is. He, he, he had me out in the middle of the ocean, right? So when I got the, um, first of all, I have two shows, More Than Enough and Church Girls. So, with, uh, but Church Girls is more interesting to me right now because that's what we're currently working on. So when I had the idea of Church Girls, I was like, oh, okay, I'm gonna write that as a play. And I, distinctly heard that's not going to be a play it's a television show and so when i started writing it i didn't even know how to format the script i was like i don't know what i'm doing i'm just going to write because my friends in the industry was like you're thinking too much into it mm -hmm. just do it just do what you can and the, and the other stuff will come so that's what i did after a while i just wrote the script out like i normally would 
And I gave it to an assistant I was working with. I said, look, I'm already telling you now, this is not right. And they looked at it and they started laughing. I said, I already told you it's not right. I need you to fix it. (laughs) So from there, God has just been sending help. And even, you know, down to the church that we're using, it kind of fell in my lap. And I look around and I'm like, Lord, oh my God, I'm really working on a television show. Like it it just all just, you know, came to me. And so that's how I got into writing um, Church Girls and getting into the web series. And I'm really excited about it. (laughs) But Church Girls does sound exciting. Uh, What's the story premise? It's about two um, uh, young girls, late teens, early 20s, that grew up in church, that's heavy in the church, families in the church, but they have a life of crime that no one knows about. Ooh. Yeah, so we've been we we've already taped two episodes, two two of our mini episodes for it, and um, yeah, it's it's coming out really good. Wow! And the other project that you're working on that's also um, under wraps, uh, well, not under wraps, that's in motion. What's mm-hmm. that one? That one is called More Than Enough. It's mm-hmm. a, um, a spinoff of the role Pastor Moore in the place stuck. Pastor Moore doesn't have a big role in Stuck, but she has so much more that she can say. And yeah. so the, the more than enough is it's a sitcom and it's centered around a female pastor who's divorced mm-hmm. um, that also happens to be a foster mom and has a ch- uh, daughter in college. Mm-hmm. So it shows the ups and downs that she goes through in her personal life, in her church. You know, church members don't want to act right. You know, foster children are acting up. So, and it, her own personal issues, being divorced. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm excited about that because it just, it, I think it would minister to a lot of women, especially a lot of female pastors, yeah. um, encourage them to keep going. Like, because sometimes they get, you know, you, I'm sure, you know, women pastors sometimes are not received well. That's right. Um, yeah. There's, there's still so that want, stigma. Yeah, there's still yeah. that stigma. You know, I you know, and since you're in theater, you know that um James Baldwin, A Man Corner, uh something I actually did in college years and years ago, and that had a pastor, female pastor as the lead. And even in that James Baldwin time, there was that resistance to female leadership. Um, and of course, even though we're in the 21st century, there's yep. still some pushback or mm-hmm. different levels of respect or disrespect. Yes. Uh, so to be able to have that. And you brought up one of your other plays. Oh, Stuck. That's my baby. Yes. 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 The groundbreaking stage play production of Stuck. And uh, I definitely want you to share with us about this story. Um, give us an idea of how that story, your baby, came together. Okay, yes, that's a very interesting one too. So, um, I remember writing this back in I think 2009, and I was dragging my feet with it. I would write it and I'll stop, then go back to it, stop. And I remember in 2010, I remember distinctly hearing this voice saying, "It's time to get that play out." And it the the feeling was so strong that I hadn't even finished the play. And so I think I was halfway done with it. And I started calling people. This was when I was in New Haven. So I knew a lot more people back then mm-hmm. um, when I was there. I started calling actors and actresses that I knew. I was like, listen, I need you to come and read this play. I got a part for you. I'm just gathering people. And so I remember giving them the half a script that I had. <laughs> I was like, this is all I had. And so we started rehearsing with what, what I had. Mm-hmm. And so I remember about two weeks before the show, I still can figure out how I was going to end this play. 
And I remember people started asking some of the cast members, like, um, and they call me Nikki. That's my nickname. Um, Nikki, how 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 is this play gonna end? We don't have the ending part, you know. And I was like, I don't, I will have it for your next rehearsal. And that's when I just was like, God, you gotta give me something. I don't, I don't know how to end this play. Yeah. And so I remember we were in uh it was either tech rehearsal or dress rehearsal, and the actors are on stage. And I just said, stop, y'all, stop right now. The ending of this play is coming to me. Y'all got to listen. And I literally, it was literally being downloaded to me. And as it was being downloaded to me, I was saying, okay, you say that, you move there, you go there. And they were like, okay, okay, okay. And somebody I think was jotting it down or whatever. I don't know if the stage manager, but it was pulled together like that. That was the ending. And that is the most powerful part of the play that part right there that was downloaded without a script is the most powerful play where people literally just go up in a praise um, at that particular part so that is very special to me um and that play is it's about generational curses and how you see it from generation to generation and 15 years later they're still stuck in the same stuff wow kids are grown up still stuck people mad at each other and they stuck in poverty and they stuck in abuse mm -hmm. and so one of the family members are like no this has to stop no more we we got to break this generational curse wow that's powerful yeah that is so powerful once again this is stuck and uh, it appears that you have it available in dvd format is that correct yes it is um they can go on the website and order the hard copy and it will be shipped and also it is streaming on the website so they can sign up and then just buy it and then stream it on the website as well. Wow. I did get a chance to check out your website and quite a bit of things are going on there beyond your productions. Mm -hmm. You speak about coaching and teaching and you have playwright um, playwriting classes. Um, let's talk about the more training aspect of what you do beyond okay. your productions. Well, <clears throat> Most of them are like when I have my cast members, but mm -hmm. then I do have people that come to me and want private coaching, one-on-one -on -one coaching. Mm -hmm. If they have an audition coming up and they really want to nail it, they'll say, okay, I need you to help me choose which monologue is better. I need you to help me, you know, with this. Um, and then right now where I'm, I'm partnering with a manager, a talent manager here in Charlotte, where we're going to start doing workshops for a lot of um, local artists, local talent, I'm sorry. Um, because a lot of times we feel that as a casting director myself, but as a producer, uh, we need to train our actors how to even send a resume, how to set up a resume, what are what is the right headshot? They're not selfies in the car, you know. Right. <laughs> you know, so we're gonna start putting together all of this training. So when people really start to go out there and really wanna take their um craft seriously and they want to be taken seriously you got to go before the people right you only get one chance in this business most of the time that's so and, true yeah and if you don't send the right material if you don't send the right type of headshot and resume you may never get a call now i love the fact that you're bringing out the industry aspect of this business because sometimes that's where we fall short mm -hmm. and uh short circuit our careers even though you know we're super talented yes uh, I did see some amazing testimonials from your playwriting classes. Mm -hmm. um, and I like the fact that a lot of them were not young. I, I was very impressed by that. Let's talk about that aspect and how you're now moving into uh, more classes and even going virtual. 
Yeah, so virtual came when I first announced um, the, the workshop being in Charlotte. And I had a number of people. I'm not in Charlotte. I would love to be a part of this. And I'm like, okay, well, I'll do a virtual one. Um, but mm -hmm. we're probably planning for that in April because I'm, you know, still trying to get under wraps to two shows. Um, but yeah, so I love the fact that they weren't young either. I mean, these are people that have been sitting on stories. Um, you know, we had a moment where one of our, our attendees just, just shed some tears because it was like she felt like she was finally getting um, her story out there. She had been sitting on a, on a story for so long. Most of them have. All, all of the people that were there been sitting on stories. So it was really good to be able to be an inspiration to them and empower them and inspire them to finish their stories and get it mm -hmm. out there. So at the playwriting mm -hmm. workshop, it was a really, really good workshop. Um, it was almost like we were ministering all to each other and encouraging each other to move on and to, and to keep going with what we were doing. So yes, the playwriting workshops, um, I'm really excited about that. And we, like I go through the whole structure of it from inciting, wow. uh, from your reactions and how you get to your climax. I help you build your script from start to finish. Yeah, I, I noted that that was something important to you about the professionalism that has to be approached and also, you know, maintaining that sense of inspiration and faith. So that is extremely, extremely um, wonderful there. Mm -hmm. Now, we're almost to the wrap up, but I, I definitely want to make sure for those that are watching that you can contact her, Yolanda Powell, Instagram and Twitter, her website. Uh, also, you know, some really great things are on her YouTube channel. So if you are interested in connecting with her, even though she's in Charlotte, yeah. you know, thank God for the internet because we can have, even this interview is yes. made possible because of our ability to be virtual. Uh, I'm super excited for that. Any last words you want to share before we go, Yolanda, particularly as a creative and someone who's inspired by God? You know what? All, I'm, I'm, I also have a group called Where Dreamers Meet. That's something um, I know that God has really put on my heart to help people um, pursue their dreams and to live out their lives um, to their fullest potential. And I just want to say that if you have an idea, if you have anything that you're trying to work on, whether it's creative or not, um, start working on it. And a lot of times what we do is we get in our own way and we think ourselves out of stuff because we don't, we look around and we say, well, I don't have this and I need this much money to start and I need this to start and I don't have this. Mm -hmm. And what God had to teach me was use what you have, look around and stop looking at what you don't have and focus on what you do have and mm -hmm. build off of that. Mm -hmm. And so what I want to just inspire someone is that go after your dreams. Mm -hmm. You know, like, like I said, if you have any idea, if you the best fried chicken maker out there, <laughs> you get in your kitchen and you yeah. start frying that chicken and you say, okay, five pieces and a biscuit for five dollars. I don't know. Start, <laughs> start with something yes. and, mm -hmm. and grow from there. And I'm a witness that doors will become open. If you take that one step, you're going to see three more doors open. You get mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And yeah. so, yeah, I just want to encourage people just to go after what they want in life. We only live once. Go after it. Leave this earth empty. Girlfriend over here. Um. Uh -huh.
This system had one intention, to put us in prison. It's just that simple.